What's up, what's up, what's up, and welcome to the Single Player Experience. As always, I'm your host, Sebastian Malden, and in this episode, we're doing a deep dive into the world of NFTs and video games. And for a topic that I have very little information about, like I'm not an NFT expert to say the least, so I had to call in the big guns to help me out with this episode. So, my guest today is a professional Web3 strategist. He's the host of the Web3 podcast, and he's been a speaker at TEDx and the NFT Micro summit my guest today is the web3 expert sam kamani in this episode sam is going to give us a glimpse into the future with nfts and video games he's also going to give us his predictions about the future of the video game industry as a whole we got all this and more coming right at you on the single player experience podcast dj start the intro man This is the Single Player Experience, the podcast that helps single player gamers manage their video game backlog. I'm your host, Sebastian Malden, and my main quest is to help you manage your ever-growing video game backlog by letting you know which single player games are worth your time and money so that you can have the best single player experience. Now, without further ado, let's start the show. DJ, cut the beat. Ladies and gentlemen, like I said in the intro, I have a very special guest with me today. He is an expert in NFTs, Web3 gaming, and an all-around great guy. This is Sam Kamani. How you doing, Sam? Very good, thanks. How are you, Sebastian? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm so glad to have you on the show. Like I kind of said right before we began, I've been really excited to get you on the show. I think you can offer the audience a really cool perspective on a lot of different topics, and I'm glad to have you here. No, it's great to be here. And even our brief conversation before this, I really enjoyed it. So I can tell that it's going to be fun. So yeah, <laughs> let's get into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm really glad to be able to steal a moment of your day. I'm in Dallas. You're way in New Zealand. So I know there's a big time <laughs> difference there. So I got to just, I got to ask you. So right off the bat, I we have a segment that, that we do for new guests. We call it our putting you on the spot segment. So Sam, what are your favorite video games of all time? Your top five games. Okay, top five games. Mm -hmm. um, there'll be a lot of Bungie games. <laughs> okay, so that's fine. There's, that's fine. There, there's a Halo series. I mean, of course, they don't own it now, but they used to. That's when they started. Um, mm -hmm. Halo, um, Destiny, um, Gears of War, Mass Effect. And then let me see, what else have I played a lot? Um yeah, I mean, they're all most more or less like first person um, first shooter person games. Shooters. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I have played uh, what I got and, and Doom. Okay. <laughs> and Doom would okay. be the, yeah. That's a really cool list. It, all first person shooters, but I oh. feel like that would be like the Mount Rushmore first person shooters. You got like the yeah. icons up there. That's really, yeah, really yeah. cool. I know, I know. I mean, the Battlefield and Call of Duty should be there, the two massive franchise. But then for me, they got the same old, same old. They felt the same. They felt like not much change in, in those two games. Um, mm -hmm. And I did try playing a lot of... Um, um, what do you call it? like battle battle royal like apex Legends, yeah. pubg fortnite all that um but 
um but it's okay i <laughs> i like the story as a bit like you a story aspect of it um mm-hmm. and i do play multiplayer as well i played a lot of destiny and halo multi i did the i'm the old school multiplayer we used to take the xboxes to friends house and connect the la- like tvs like a build a chain <laughs> yeah. of tvs and xboxes and do the split screen and and then um take turns and stuff and we used to do that and so I, i've played that sort of multiplayer and had so much fun so many memories from back in the days so yeah i love those days the the local yes. mocha multiplayer it was fun yes, it really local. was <laughs> yeah yeah so i've done that our yeah. backpacks were a lot heavier back then too yeah <laughs> having to yeah. carry those big xboxes around exactly right yeah xbox one and stuff carried around yeah so yes yeah. So how long have you been in in the field of like Web3 gaming and NFTs and, you know, like all the finance stuff? How long have you been involved in all this? Let me give you a bit of my background from sort of start in the last sort of like last 15 years. I've been Mm -hmm. actually involved with lots of different tech startups. So my first startup was in the e-commerce space. So we built um, our own brand. We sold it all around the world. And I mean, that's why I've been coming to US since 2007. Um, In 2015, I sold that company and then I joined eSports. So I was sort of like... um, all in on the in the esports world we used to create software to run esports tournaments so say like league of legends or dota or um pubg or we people would use our software create a tournament create brackets just connect their steam or xbox or playstation login and and off they go and then they could um, stream those and all that so we did all that and that company got acquired in i was their sort of coo that company got acquired in 2018 but during okay. this time i'd been keeping an eye um over the years on what's happening in blockchain world you know what's happening in crypto what's happening um so i used to play crypto kitties um, um mm-hmm. back in 2017 18 <laughs> for someone so that is like the kind of like the genesis of uh, blockchain gaming or web3 gaming or nft gaming whatever you want to call it and you get these sort of silly little cats and you breed them and then you sell them and um and yes i mean we we did that for fun um and then until the whole um crypto market faced the downturn and then everyone disappeared and then no one was doing it and then i lost the <laughs> the keys to log in and then i <laughs> my laptop changed my phones multiple times after that and then i could no longer remember so it's it's okay so i didn't really care i had just few random cats <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> um but but had fun um doing that and and it's not as involved as playing mm-hmm. um like a, a game with a huge story campaign with your friends or multiplayer mm-hmm. with your friends night after night like destiny i played for seven years every night with friends <laughs> it was more less about the game and more about the people later on you know multiplayer sort of a thing so yeah i did the esports um thing but i kept an eye on it and then after that i you know i wrote books on tech startup i spoke at events about tech startups and stuff and I always was interested so um, not that long ago, I joined a DAO, like a decentralized autonomous organization, where um, called Moonstream DAO, and okay. um, which basically sort of um, works in the gaming. So it builds tools that um, Web three games can use um, to launch their games and stuff. And then I am also a, a startup advisor 
for um, a company called um, like smart contracts dot recipes. Okay. So that's um, what we do is we have like a library of lots of smart contracts and say you want to create um, like a NFT minting site or something and you need smart contracts, you can go to a library and just download it and use it and stuff. So that's what we are creating. Um, so that's what I do. So I kind of work in this in this field so i get to see lots and lots of projects i get to talk with lots of founders and i get to see everything that's happening in the industry um and i also run a podcast called the web3 with sam podcast so um you can yeah look it up and um anything that you're interested in this space you might be able to find a find a podcast episode on that so um i'm like completely open ask me any questions you have on, <laughs> on in this space about um about web3 blockchain crypto gaming nfts metaverse anything like that um and yeah so that's that's sort of about me Sam, man, you do everything. That's like you listed everything, and I was thinking to myself, I'm like, man, what can't he do? I I wouldn't have been surprised if you told me you could fly at this point. <laughs> that, I did a flight training ages ago. Oh, a bit what? Of, <laughs> what? No, not not on the stim, uh, simulator in the rear. No, no, but it, I didn't do. I didn't. I did. I just did like few hours and stuff, but not not a lot. Yeah, that um, is crazy. Yeah, <laughs> but it's over like 15. 20 years so it's not like mm -hmm. oh in a day you know this is not in a day <laughs> this is no, over no. so many years you know so it's uh it's all right yeah still um, impressive nonetheless I, i'll tell so. you why how i ended up doing so many things i have okay. a goal at the at beginning of every year that i want to do one or two new things so it's like okay one year i have a goal like okay this year uh, apart from work just something mm -hmm. to just stay fresh and just try something new so one year i would have a goal like i want to do tennis i want to learn tennis i'll go and learn tennis for that year and and play that and and that's just for fun one year would be like doing oil paintings which you can see and stuff and then one mm -hmm. year would be i mean so every year i would have a different um goal um just to keep myself fresh give, keep give me a different perspective and everything i do i would meet different type of people and i'm a natural extrovert so i really i really enjoy that and stuff so it's like the tennis i was playing there was everyone was over you know that club one of the club had lots of senior citizens so everyone mm -hmm. was over 65 70 <laughs> year old <laughs> and i was playing um <laughs> so it, it was fun it's fun it just gives you a different perspective and um connects you to a completely different sort of demographics, different people from different races, ethnicities, and all that sort of stuff. So I, I do all sorts of things. That's why. Um, so I haven't decided what I'll do next year, but it'll be something <laughs> fun. Okay. Um, maybe I should take suggestions from you. <laughs> what I no, should try. No, no. I I would be just highly amused to see what you do next year. I mean, what's left to check off the list? What are you going to do? Ice skating? I'm like, <laughs> you, there's, there's only so many things left, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but no, all, all good, all good. So, yeah. No, but that's exciting. That's exciting. So let's take advantage of your expertise for a little bit. Let's talk yes. about Web3 Gaming. For the audience, can you explain what it is? Sure, sure. So, so basically, um, like you currently you game, you know, um, on say Xbox, PlayStation, whichever platform you game on, you have mm -hmm. maybe let's say you're playing Nintendo Wii or and you're playing Mario, your character 
the Mario remains in the game. When you switch off, that's it. That's the end of the character. Or you're playing um, Elder Ring, your character, you have been buying items for it, things. But once you switch off your platform, once you stop playing, that is it. That's the end of the character. That's that's it. That nothing else happens after that. Um, um, whereas in Web3 Gaming, you can take okay. that character out and you can sell that character on an open marketplace or you can um or you can pass it on to your niece your nephew your son daughter whoever you want to pass it on to so so that is one of the things that is different with web3 gaming now how that works is that um with a lot of games they are based on NFTs. They work on NFTs. So you own their NFT, which is like a character. And then once you have that character, you can play in that game. Now that character, it's upgraded, all that. You can take it out of the game. You can sell it. It's worth more. Or you can take it to another game. I mean, this is the vision of Web3 Gaming, that you'd be able to take it to another game and then play there. And that there'd be interoperability. So for example, your character on Elder Ring, you'd have that guy in Halo. You'd still get the armor <laughs> and stuff from Halo, but mm -hmm. or the guns and stuff. So that, that's sort of like the vision. And then maybe if it goes to a card game, then you cannot have uh, the Halo sort of Master Chief, you know? But... okay. But what you would do is um, you would have that as a banner or an icon or maybe the back of the cards would have like you had Normandy and the ship in, in Mass Effect. You'd have that mm -hmm. in, as a back of the card in a card game like Hearthstone as the as the Normandy ship. So people know that oh, yeah, I used to play that game and you achieved this level or you got to this stage or something. Um, so it's like a on-chain or on-blockchain leaderboard, um, which is independent of one company, which is, um, so it's a bit more sort of a decentralized way. But the, the big thing of Web3 Gaming or the promise of Web3 Gaming is that the community or people can build things on top of, on top of your characters, on top of your NFTs or on top of your game. And and it grows organically so it's kind of like open source gaming you can you can call it or, or that is the promise not a lot of it is happening um and, and there is a reason why it is not yet happening <laughs> um we can go into it later but this is where yeah. this is the this is the possibility of it um and i have interviewed people who are building games and mm -hmm. i have asked a lot of them building web3 games you know what is the good and what is the bad um what is the good is that there is opportunity for collaboration. There is opportunity to um, to make money um, out of your the time that you spend in gaming because your characters are great, and then you can take this, those characters out of the game and sell them um, on any marketplace. Not only the one that's dictated by that by that sort of game. Um, so that is the that is the good thing. What is the bad is that once money is involved. People don't treat it like game. <laughs> um, it's like it all becomes about money. And, and because these NFTs of these games have value and they go up and down in value. And so now it is the value of the money or their token or their NFTs start to dictate how people play the game not how much fun they are having or it's no longer about fun and they start to become go down the route of play to earn which mm -hmm. is um 
in the long in the short term they can get a lot of interest but in the long term it is just like a suicide for their that project because as soon as that token value goes down people were no longer there for fun they were only there to make a quick buck they just moved jump to the next project and stuff and then that project the initial project completely dies off yeah that makes sense so um yeah and then people just make it everything about um about money and then it becomes like work <laughs> it mm-hmm. no longer stays like a game so that is the negative of web3 gaming but i do think over time the games will realize that and they will move away from the play to earn model and and people just grinding to make some yeah. quick buck <laughs> so yeah. So a lot of the Web3 games have just ended up as, as really, really grinding. There's no fun in it and stuff uh, because of this play-to-earn mechanics. Because, you oh. you know, any any game you play, there are in-game currencies and stuff. But now mm-hmm. with Web3 games, those in-game currencies are like real-life tokens, which you can sell them on a DeFi market for Ethereum or Bitcoin or any other money <laughs> or even <laughs> eventually convert to USD. So people just keep grinding and then it becomes play to earn. Um, mm-hmm. That is the whole genre of it becomes a play to earn game. And as soon as that game is not paying as much, um, which happens, which is bound to happen, <laughs> things go up and down in value. Um, people leave and once everyone leaves, the token value goes even further down. And that is it. The project is dead. <laughs> Oh no. So oh, so no. that is so that is the that is the negative side of it. And the mm-hmm. real challenge for the game companies is to build fun games so that people play for the fun of it. And if they make something out of it, then that's just the cherry on the top, but it's not the cake. <laughs> so yeah, you still need the sure. cake and, and that cake should be fun, you know. Um so yeah, yeah, that's all the good and the bad of the web three gaming. <laughs> that so and Web3 gaming, it sounds like, intersects a lot with NFTs. So let's talk about yes. NFTs in video games. There's a negative stigma right now with NFTs in video games. Do you think people are overreacting a little bit? Or do you feel like that's a little warranted? Or maybe they're misunderstood? Um, A bit of everything, actually. So, okay. so the, first of all, so a lot of the games, um, for game developers, they initially saw, and, and rightly saw, um, as a NFTs as a means of fundraising. So most game developers don't make money. You know, most game developers are not like independent game or indie game developers. They are not mm-hmm. Activision or they are not EA or they are not a Ubisoft mm-hmm. or anything like yeah. that. There's only like maybe five, six companies like that in the world who own have 20,000 plus developers. Most developers mm-hmm. are two, three people like one or two people teams or mm-hmm. they don't have much money they barely sustain um average um game on steam makes twenty thousand um, dollars and and that is and so that can even barely sustain one person let alone two or three game developers so uh, most game developers do it for the joy of it and they are poor <laughs> um that yeah. is the reality um and so they it has been seen like that okay how this was the the playbook of most independent game developers jumping into this space that they will create an nft collection of 10000 nfts um each they will sell for $200 or $50 or whatever it might be, you know, or 1000 nfts and then once those are sold they will get the initial capital to go and build the game 
and then people will be able to use these NFTs. Only people who hold these NFTs will come and play in this game. And then they will get in-game currency, which will be as like tokens or whatever mechanics they have set. And then they can spend those tokens on other things or go to a DeFi exchange and exchange them. And that was the sort of the playbook. So when the market was in full hype, um, things were going good. <laughs> a lot of projects were getting funded this way. But then when the market started to go down, projects stopped getting funded. Um, they were half funded. They could not complete their projects. They ran out of money. They closed down shop. They ran away. <laughs> um, oh, no. So so all, all these sort of things happen, So uh, which are genuine um, issues for the end gamer as an experience. And mm -hmm. also, it is kind of seen as a restrictive model. Um, that only 10,000 people could or 1,000 people or how many NFTs were there. But then things have now changed. Now we are no longer in the hype market. So games are getting wiser. They're realizing, in fact, you want as many people to play your games as possible. So now they give out the initial NFTs, a lot of them, even for free because they just want you to participate, play the game, give them feedback. So I do think that in downturn, only real projects will survive. All the bad projects, like what we are go going through now, all the yeah, all the sort of not so good projects are going to die out. So oh. that's, yeah, yeah. So that's sort of my um, that's sort of my view. So a lot of the backlash from the gaming community was um, and is um, expected. And the other thing is that um, like. Um, you have been a PC gamer, I've been a PC gamer, and we mm -hmm. have seen this in our community, um, even 15 years ago, 10 years ago, or um, when mobiles were new and mobile gaming started, PC gamers didn't consider mobile gamers as real gamers. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know for that. Sure. And that is kind of like an elitist view. But if you mm -hmm. look at the real world stats, the average gamer is a 30-year-old a uh, 38 year old mom playing candy crush that's the average gamer <laughs> because there's there's 2.6 billion gamers just mm -hmm. on mobile alone so more people game on mobile than you know you are in the bus you are in toilet you don't have your pc with you i don't no, have my, for sure not. i don't have my xbox with me like mm -hmm. so people people play mobile games all the time every time and that has a much more diverse set of people who play mobile games and so if you're as a game developer, if you're only focused on PC games, you miss out on a whole genre of mobile games and Zynga and all these sort of companies that are born out of that. Um, hundreds of companies who create mobile games and stuff. Um, so the same thing, the, the existing gaming industry um, mm -hmm. does not have to change the existing gamers into, into Web3 gamers. The Web3 gamers will create its own um, its own demographics. It will have its own demographic. It will have its own niche. It will have its own sort of audience that is separate to all this. And a lot of that audience is in developing countries. It's in Southeast Asia. It's in Brazil. It's in um, Argentina and in some of the African countries. So it's it's going to be um, all these people who didn't used to play any games now play games because they think that they can make some tokens. And then that's their kind of gateway that they'll start playing games and stuff. Or they can, um, yeah, sell these NFTs once they reach a certain point and stuff. So 
so yeah, it will bring a whole new demographics to it. Um, and that's fine. As a if you enjoy PC game, like I enjoy, PC, I don't play mobile games still. <laughs> so no. um, um, I don't have to. It's just like not everyone has to play Web3 games, but there will be a huge market for it um, yeah. eventually. So yeah. do you and, think that the with the with it being a growing market, do you ever feel like it'll take over the traditional gaming like we know and love? You know, like not really. Is... So even even though mobile gaming exists. That mm-hmm. didn't close down the consoles and the PC games. Those still mm-hmm. exist and people still play that. So I think they will all have their own niche. They'll all have their own market, their own demographics that will play that. So, yeah, I think that's that's fine. And it's all right. Okay. Yeah. So so everyone gets to eat, basically. Yeah, exactly right. So everyone gets to game how they want in their own um, own choice of things. Okay, some, okay. Just like some PC gamers are never going to play mobile games in the same way. And mm-hmm. some mobile gamers are never going to play PC games or they don't even have PC. Most of the world doesn't have PC. Um, mm-hmm. So or, or even consoles for that matter, you know. Um, so, yeah, that's and that's fine. That's that's not a problem, and there are some people who will play games on all everything, pretty <laughs> much everything. Gaming, everything PC, V, um, handheld V, and that's my eight year old who would play games in any anywhere he gets, <laughs> anywhere any he can get it, huh? <laughs> yeah, anywhere he can get it, any chance, you know. <laughs> iPad doesn't matter. He'll play Minecraft on iPad. He'll play Minecraft on Xbox. He'll play Minecraft <laughs> on his PC. He'll play anywhere, you know. So it doesn't matter. That's um, fine. Yeah, yeah, that but of course, fun. his because he's a hardcore game. His first preference will be, um, will be PC because okay, he can that do mods. Sense. Because he can mod things mm-hmm. and stuff. You can't, you cannot mod things on um, the same an Xbox or no, <laughs> cannot no. mod a game. Yeah, he he plays Pokemon on his mm-hmm. mind in his Minecraft, and when you mod things, things you um. Is saying that how it changes the whole physics of Minecraft when you Minecraft when you mod modern in it. Yeah, and it really does yeah. change up the whole entire game. So yeah, pretty much the I whole can... entire game is changed. He said that oh, you, yeah, because sure. it has blocks like Minecraft. I think if you know, mm-hmm. and and this he said things get like rounded. They have like um, <laughs> um. So yeah, it's interesting. That is interesting. That is interesting. So. With um, NFTs and web gaming and Web3 gaming kind of like evolving over time, where do you think the game industry will go in the future? Do You th- you alluded to that everyone will get to eat, but like earlier, yes. I think you were alluding to like some of the direction that, that Web3 gaming is going in. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah, yeah, sure. So one of the things I think um, where it should go and i do think it will go is that people will create things um just like um i'm just saying um just like you know how there is user generated content whether it's tiktok or youtube um Mm -hmm. compared to netflix which is not user generated so right now all the triple a games and stuff we have got is like netflix it is it is highly polished content um you know it is really really good um compared to that some of the 
um, we don't watch all the YouTube videos. There's like millions of YouTube videos launched every <laughs> single day. And some of them would be pretty crap. People just like kids in their bedroom, you know, just recording um, whatever they're playing or whatever they're mm-hmm. they doing. And it would be completely, um, completely crap. So um, it's that it's that difference. So we only have the the high end user generated, I mean, non user generated content in the gaming world. But then the real sort of magic happens when um, user generated content can be built on top of the AAA content um, mm-hmm. in and blockchain games would allow that because it's not controlled. So the blockchain is just distributed over millions of computers around the world. It's not controlled by one central gaming company or anything like that. So you don't need permission. You could build, create things on top of other things and stuff. And and so that's something that we will see more and more. It's it's just like saying that, you know, there is like Squid Game, um, like <laughs> really, really polished content created mm-hmm. by um, <clears throat> by Netflix. And then you have people reacting to Squid Game which is really, um, you know, you don't need a big budget for that. No, for sure. <laughs> like, create, created, like reaction videos, of, they're big on YouTube, which are created mm-hmm. on top of that AAA content kind of created by Netflix or Disney or Marvel or um, Pixar or whoever, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so so just like that, um, there will be projects, Web3 projects, bigger ones would create things and then... Um, some individuals will come and create things on top of that, create um, NFTs on top of that and um, and things. Um, and that are that can be independently sold, shared, things like that. So that that's something I see we'll go towards. We probably are five years away from it. <laughs> and and so you think yeah. So you think in five years? Yeah, yeah. In five years we'll have a world like that. So yeah. Even now, okay. it's like um, net. Um, sorry, like Minecraft. You create mods and stuff. They still live in that ecosystem in Minecraft, but now there will be a lot more sort of collaboration, cooperation, and stuff. And they will have a lot less control, so you can do what you want with kind of a Minecraft type of a game um, in in future. But yeah, we are still very far away from that. For so, five years. So, what avenue of gaming do you think it'll like approach more? So, do you think it'll be more of the mobile gaming, more of the console gaming, more PC gaming? Like, which avenue mm. do you think will evolve more towards that? I, fast? You know, I I am tempted to say PC gaming actually because oh wow um, because there are more uh, geeks and nerds playing PC gaming, more software developers playing PC games, mm-hmm. <laughs> just purely because of that. Um, and okay, then eventually, eventually mass adoption will happen when it goes to mobile games because mm-hmm. we spend a lot of time um, on mobile. And for most of the world, except the few developed countries and few people, for most of the world, mobile is the only computer they have. <laughs> it's like India has um, three times the population or more than three times mm-hmm. the population of US, um, 1.4 billion. And less than nine percent of people own a PC. <laughs> and how many? Ooh. Yeah, yeah. So it's like for most people in the world, mobile is the only device they have. The I mean, computer they have in their home. So, so eventually, mass adoption will happen only when it goes to mobile. <laughs> yeah. Um, at the moment, the experience is is pretty bad. Like um, for any Web three game, I have never played any on my phone or anything. I've never interacted with one on my phone, so I cannot mm-hmm. even comment on that. 
I understand completely. I'm not. Yeah. I'm like you. I'm not like a a mobile gamer anyway. So that yeah. never. It probably never get to me. <laughs> yeah, it will probably not. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, it'll probably never get to me. But yeah, yeah, that this is really interesting. So do you think? What do you? How do you feel about like NFTs and people using their likeness with NFTs to make money? Like with like say yeah. like a famous athlete or maybe like a famous voice actor selling their own like likeness with nfts do you think that's going to be like a huge mass adoption as well oh yeah yeah that that's already reaching mass adoption because um the key thing with nfts is access that you, they could always sell i mean they used to always sell autograph signed stuff you know all mm -hmm. all athletes and stuff you could buy or, or prints of those things like you know you could buy um a michael jordan poster um mm -hmm. him, you know air dunking like dunking in like while jumping mm -hmm. in air and getting air time and stuff you could buy those posters with his youth signature at the bottom they're all prints um and you could buy his signed shoes which would be worth a lot more on ebay or and stuff um, <laughs> so you could you could always um always do that but even at back then there was nothing to authenticate that it was original or not um mm -hmm. now now with nfts you can um even with sort of slight sophistication you can as in like you don't have to be very sophisticated but you can go to etherscan or something like that and you can see who created this nft first so if it was really created by michael jordan's wallet or not so anyone can copy and create their own but then it would be created from my wallet if I copy and create it, or it would be created oh. from yours, but it won't be created. So you can see who the original creator was and hence attribute and hence get the original. And there is a that sort of a proof. So even with artwork, my artwork, someone can copy my artwork in physical form and sell it. Um, and no, it would be very hard to tell. But with NFTs and they're digital, they're easy to, to swap. The other thing is, that if I sell my artwork to an art gallery for a thousand dollars, one of my mm -hmm. painting, and then they sell it for ten thousand, and then that buyer sells um, sells it to another sort of a art buyer for five million or something, I don't see any benefit of it. Whereas an NFT in a smart contract, you can code um, that I can code that every time it resells, I get thirty percent of the profits. So when the art gallery sells it for ten k. I get 3k of that and then that person sells it for 5 million I get um 30% of of that so 1.5 million or something like that so um so that is something that NFTs have completely changed. So that's why I went, went to LA. There were so many musicians, artists, um performers, um singers, songwriters, everyone um in any sort of art field who's creating or is a creative um, is looking at NFTs because they can continuously monetize this, um, which they couldn't before. And then you can give access. So say that if I sell you my NFT and if you mm -hmm. hold my um, NFT, I can um, give you access to my calendar and it can automatically check that you have that NFT because each NFT has a unique number. It's like um, non-fungible token. So that is a token number. So it will mm -hmm. check if the token number is in your wallet, that one. Then you can book a meeting with me and, and you can have a, you know, brainstorming session with me or a consultation with me or or something. So 
Um, so that's why NFTs, which give access, will be worth a lot. So you are a singer, um, you give your NFTs, then you'll sing them happy birthday if you own their NFT on, on your birthday on Zoom or something like that. So <laughs> okay. there, there's lots of things that can be done. Um like consultants, coaches, all of them can sell this sort of NFT. And then, and it's not only that um, this win-win for both sides. As a consumer, I am no longer going to use this. Now this lifetime ticket is not useful to me. I can just resell that NFT. And then the original creator still gets a cut out of it. So, so based on what you write in the smart contract. And, and that's why I joined this team. Um, the smart contract dot recipes. So if okay. say you want to create a unique sort of an NFT, you can just download a smart contract from there, change the values and stuff. And um, so yeah, that's the the team that I just recently joined because I saw that okay, there is a massive use case for this, and a lot of people will want to create their own their own sort of criteria. So mm -hmm. why not just let people create a whole library of these and let people download them and be useful to people. Okay, so, yeah. yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. One last question before you go, Sam. I know you're a busy, busy man. So <laughs> do you think it's like really hard to create an NFT or do you think like very, oh, very, as easy. very, easy. very easy? Yeah, yeah, very easy. You can go to OpenSea, not, not affiliated to OpenSea in any way, but there's so many websites. OpenSea is the most popular one. Um, go to OpenSea. You can upload a image, sound, anything, um, whatever, PDF, anything you want to create an NFT out of, and you can create an NFT, and then and then you can share what percent you want every time you resell. You can uh, lock some content that only once someone buys the NFT, they can see that content. Now, that could be a tutorial. That could be anything you want in it. You know, there could be some secret formula, some secret code, anything. So, wow. or, or music, it could be a file, it, anything you can attach that people can see it only once they bought that NFT. And if they don't want it, they can sell it to someone else in the same open market um so it's very easy it's you can just go and search on on youtube and stuff you'll find within five minutes you could create your own nft it's only when you want to create something um very very sort of custom that's when you okay. will need to create your own smart contract and stuff otherwise you can just use the smart contract that will be created by one of these sort of marketplaces um so yeah well, okay. Okay. Well, th this has been very informative. Like I know I've learned a lot. Thank you so much for joining us today, Sam. Yeah, no, no problem. It's been, it's, yeah, it's been fun. It really has been. I can't wait to have you on the podcast again, but before you go, do you have sure. anything you'd like to shout out? Where can the good people find you? Yeah, just search for my name, Sam Kamani, um, S-A-M mm -hmm. and K-A-M-A-N-I. You can connect with me on LinkedIn or Twitter or anywhere, any on any social platform. I'm going to be doing a lot more on TikTok as well soon. Um, so same, I use my name everywhere. And um, yeah, reach out to me. My DMs are always open in pretty much nearly every platform or, or just search for my name on on any audio platform like we're probably are listening to this on an audio platform then you'll find <laughs> me i go on lots of podcasts and stuff and i have my own podcast so web3 with sam kamani so yeah all right everyone go check him out go hit him up thank him for being on the pro nerd report today it's been fun having you sam thank you so much again for being on the show <laughs> oh thank you thank you it's been really fun talking with you and yeah um talking about games which is always 
um, a topic I like. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> where even a lot of my art and stuff is often inspired by just behind me, as you can see. I mean, for uh-huh. for those who are who cannot see the the sunset picture, you you see um, with the yellow light, and underneath it looks pixelated to you. Um, yeah, it does. It looks great though. Like yeah, so... that's because of like uh, inspiration is from Minecraft, the pixels and stuff. Because mm-hmm. you know how the the ground and everything, the hills and everything is pix- uh, is built in blocks. Um, oh, so that's yeah, the, that is really cool. Yeah, so it's co- combining the game world with the real world. The, the sunset is like from a real world sort of thing, and then um, yeah. So one last question. Oh, so I haven't stalked you on like social media or anything. Have you posted this artwork yet? No, nowhere. I have not posted this anywhere. Oh, okay. no one knows about this. Oh, okay. you need to. The... <laughs> I do need to. Yeah, you need to. At least you know we had a huge conversation about NFTs. You need to sell these. You know, I get do, your I NFT do money. To. I do need to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah I... get your NFT money. Yeah, yeah. Look, I'll, I'll definitely as soon as I do that, I'll, I'm going to tag you and stuff as well. <laughs> but I did it. <laughs> I'll just, I'll just take a small yeah. finder's fee for, that thing, yeah. for yeah. the idea. Totally, but... man. Totally. And that's something you can do with NFT. You know, you could create uh, three artists could create something together and mm-hmm. say that every time it sells, five percent goes to each artist and stuff. Oh so wow! Could, so that sort of things, and it automatically executes every time it happens. And you don't need a central party. And because um, it's on the blockchain, it's distributed over thousands of computers. It's not held by one particular sort of a company. So, yeah. So that's Okay, sort of, that's really cool. A that's lot really of things. Cool. There, there's so much innovation which will be born out of all this over the next few years. Um, mm-hmm. And people will create. You know, people are good at mixing and matching and creating things so there'll be lots of companies that will be born out of all this in the next few years so i'm still very very bullish on web3 okay okay so everyone go check out all the things that sims involved with especially the artwork that's coming out really soon it is really cool <laughs> i'm speaking from speaking from like firsthand experience it looks really nice so thank you again thank you. sam for being on the show today no, it's good fun thanks thanks uh-huh. Sebastian. Yeah. anytime catch you on the next one bye sam bye so that's a wrap for today's show i want to give a special shout out and thank you to sam kamani for being on the show today i also want to let you know about the single player experience discord server it's the perfect place for single player gamers to talk about the good single player games they've been playing lately and to get video game recommendations think of it kind of like a book club for single player gamers the link to join will be in the description Once you're in, feel free to share your video game backlog list, talk about the good games you've been playing, or give your feedback on the show. If you have a game that you think should be recommended or that you think I should talk about, let me know in the Single Player Experience Discord server. I'll see you there. Before we go, I just want to thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Stay safe, stay gaming, and I hope to catch you in the next one. Peace!